0: You're listening to Trickle Down Theories, where football knowledge is power. Join Bronco's Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now, here's Eric Trickle. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Trickle Down Theories podcast. I'm your host, Eric Trickle. On Trickle Down Threes, we talk about all things NFL and draft, and we have a focus on the Denver Broncos as I am an analyst with MyLifeHuddle.com. We talk about all things from signings, trades, rosters, team needs, anything and everything you could think of. And with season underway, we're focusing on the regular season, and in their most recent game, the Denver Broncos took on the Oakland Raiders in a divisional rivalry that's gone back for many years, and it wasn't the prettiest of games for the Denver Broncos, but a win is a win. Denver managed to walk away with this one with a victory by beating the Oakland Raiders 20-19, thanks to a blocked extra point by Shaquille Barrett. Now, it wasn't a very pretty game, and the Denver Broncos really struggled offensively in the first half, but they managed to get their groove into the second half. As for the defense, they found themselves bending quite a bit, but they didn't break often. They managed to hold the Raiders to only one touchdown in the first half, and they scored their second touchdown with just about three minutes left to go in the third quarter. Before that, they held them to two field goals, and then, of course, there was that blocked extra point that managed to be the difference maker between Denver winning and losing this game. The defense gave up a good number of yards. They only gave up 65 yards on the ground, and they let Derek Carr basically pass all over them as he completed 29 of his 32 passes for 288 yards. The big key was that the Oakland Raiders decided to change up their passing game and got the ball out quickly, and hit a lot of easy, quick strikes to basically negate the effectiveness of the Broncos' pass rushers. Despite them doing that, the Denver Broncos' defense, they still got their own. They each managed to, do the pass rushers manage to have some kind of impact in a positive manner on passing plays. Von Miller, he obviously had that strip sack that was negated by a Todd Davis holding penalty. Shane Ray got a couple good pressures. Shaquille Barrett got a couple good pressures as did Bradley Chubb. Now, the biggest issue when looking over this Broncos defense was their issues in the secondary. They were playing a lot of off-man coverage. I don't know if that was the player's choice or the coach's choice because it was when Wade Phillips was in town. The players got to choose if they were playing off or on, if they were playing press or giving them space. Joe Woods may be taking a similar approach to that and doesn't look like that's the case after what the adjustments that they made for the second half. But still, you can't really say. But even so, the secondary had a hard time stopping these, stopping this Oakland Raiders passing game. Amari Cooper he really recovered and got back to form with an with breaking a hundred yards, say on ten catches, and he was just his route running was ins- was. Insane. I mean, he was consistently getting separation just because of the quickness of his routes. And a couple of his big plays was just simply shaking the defender with his route running. Wasn't that he outran him or anything like that? It's just that his route running was so crisp, his cuts were clean, and he got the separation that was needed to get, to complete the pass. Now, there's still a lot that I want to talk about when it comes to this game. And I'm going to get to it. I'm going to be getting to the Broncos offense. I'm going to get be talking even more about that Broncos defense. But before I get to that, I want to say thank you to our great sponsor, Audible. You guys can get a free audio download and 30 day free trial at www.audibletrial.com. huddle up. They have over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Again, it's www.audibletrial.com. huddle up. Now, Audible Trial is Audible's great. I mean, if you love to read books, but you don't have the time to sit down and actually open a book, this is where where Audible really comes in handy. You're able to just go on, find a book that you want to listen to. You can plug in headphones on your cell, right on your cell phone and just sit back, relax, and listen to the book while you're doing something else. While you're breaking down game tape or scouting college prospects or even just laying down in bed relaxing, Audible's great for whatever the occasion that's needed to basically where, again, you just don't have the time to sit down, crack open a book, and just read. Now, getting back to this Broncos game, they're – were a bunch of issues again on that defense. And we talked a little bit about the issues with the secondary, basically Amari Cooper's route running, but they had a struggle to cover Jared cook. And when they finally decided to bracket Jared cook, that's when things really opened up for Amari Cooper. Denver definitely has to get better at defending against multiple receiving threats because moving forward, they're going to have to deal with that. What are you going to do? They can't sit here and let, let, two guys tear them up while they focus on shutting down one we have to see growth from the secondary these safeties need to be more instinctive and more disciplined in their coverage these linebackers they need to be more disciplined they need to stop biting on play action the corners they need to stick with their man they need to stop playing off and giving them so much space press them at the line of scrimmage you have excellent pass rushers you have one of the best pass rushers if not the best pass rusher in the nfl and von miller make the quarterback hold the ball for just a split second longer give von miller just that little bit tiny more time tiny bit more time to make a play i mean he has shown that he can completely change the outcome of a game just with one snap i mean he was a super bowl mvp for a reason he had that multi sack game in week 1 against the seahawks where he com- consistently was putting the pressure on russell wilson there are multiple times against the raiders where von miller was getting the pressure on the quarterback but the secondary just wasn't maintaining their end of the bargain, they weren't doing their job and they're giving up the space to where Carl was able to thread the needle and make the completion. As for the offensive side of the things, one of my keys going into this game, and I tweeted out prior to it, is that Denver's offense needed to rely on Emmanuel Sanders, Philip Lindsay, and Deshaun Hamilton. And the reason why is Philip Lindsay outclasses anyone on this Raiders defense with his speed. They don't have anybody that can keep up with him. He's got the burst, he's got the agility, to just pick up large chunks of yards in a hurry. Then you have Emmanuel Sanders, who's so quick with his route running that it's going to be hard for these corners to stick with him. He's going to be in and out of his cut so quick that they're going to be basically breaking their ankles, so to speak, similar to what Amari Cooper did to the Broncos secondary. And Deshaun Hamilton, he's another great route runner who would be able to get separation. And funnily enough, this Broncos offense looked stale until they got Philip Lindsay involved, until they got Emmanuel Sanders involved, these guys had big plays for this Broncos offense that had them moving the ball. Now it wasn't all pretty again, and it didn't help that after Philip Lindsay's first big run of 53 yards, that Case Keenum was targeting the seam and he just didn't put enough mustard on the pass and had it intercepted. So that was definitely a shot in their own, own foot, and that was definitely a shot in their own foot. For the Denver Broncos. So moving forward, we have to see Case Keenum cut back these interceptions. Last year, he threw seven, and he's already at four on this season. So we have to see an improvement from him. Denver can't keep shooting themselves in the foot like this with Case Keenum at the helm. And I mean, so far, it's worked out. They've managed to win the game. But at some point, he's going to throw interceptions and Denver's not going to manage to come out with the win that's when things are going to be really bad. So you need to start looking at fixing it now. There are two players that actually were kind of surprising with their performance and it wasn't exactly that they had great days. It's just that they were they, man, they managed to get the big plays or do what was needed when Denver needed it. Jake Butt had four catches for just under 50 yards and there were multiple times where he didn't quite manage to pick up the first down, but he came really close. He looked really quick with once he got the ball in his hands to react and try to pick up yards in a hurry. The other was Tim Patrick who only had one reception, but he managed to take it for 26 yards and basically set Denver up for the game winning field goal. Now there was an issue with his play. and fortunately, he corrected it after not long after he makes the catch, he starts to cut inside, which if you get tackled on the inside, you're going to have to be down there quick with the offense to spike that ball and stop that clock. Fortunately he corrected him himself. He got outside, and he got out of bounds. He stopped that clock, and Denver was able to get up there real quick for that field goal that won them the game. Now, before I get into talking a little bit about the other games around the NFL, there's just a few things I want to say. And, you know, ever since I started this podcast, people have been asking me for advice. And usually it's, what team's going to win this week? Truth is, I don't know who's going to win. But if you think you know, you guys got to check out my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. This is why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, guys, they are your best bet this season. They've been in business for years. They have great reviews online and their mobile site is really easy to use. All you guys got to do is just lay down some cash and you win big today. This is why I'm urging you guys to make your way to my bookie. You win, they pay. They have in-game live betting and the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet on the over under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. So all you guys got to do join now at my bookie and they will match your deposit dollar for dollar you guys got to use promo code theories one t-h-e-o-r-i-e-s one the number to activate the offer visit my bookie online today that's m-y-b-o-o-k-i-e and again don't forget to use that promo code theories one when you're creating your account to claim the bonus you guys play you win you get paid my bookie now, looking around the rest of the games in the NFL, I haven't really had a chance to watch, it, watch any of the games, but I did see, manage to see bits and pieces of them. I'm recording this Sunday night of the 16th, so if I manage to watch them all in this short time, then I'm amazing. But again, I didn't manage to watch them all. I just, again, I just managed to catch bits and pieces of it. But the, there's a couple games that I really want to talk about, and the biggest one is the Kansas City Chiefs and the Pittsburgh Steelers game. Man, I was so down on the Kansas City Chiefs this off season. I was thinking that. Patrick Mahomes was going to come in they lost Marcus Peters that they're going to have a little bit of a rough year I mean don't get me wrong I thought Patrick Mahomes was going to be a great NFL quarterback I loved him pre-draft I loved him coming out and I hated that he ended up with the Chiefs but I thought that he was going to have a lot to work on and that it was going to take some time and that this year he was going to struggle especially early on but man he's just done nothing but prove me wrong since the first snap he played this season You had a huge day-to-day against Pittsburgh, who granted they're now 0-1-1 with their tie with the Browns, but the Browns just lost to New Orleans by three points, too. So maybe the Browns are better than they are, better than people think, and maybe the Steelers just are a little bit worse than people think. But the Chiefs, they look strong. Now... The big thing with the Chiefs, though, is that they have to rely on Patrick Mahomes in this offense putting up 30-plus points per game because this defense is rough to watch. There's some issues in the secondary. Them trading Marcus Peters has definitely hurt their defense. Justin Houston, he isn't the player he once was. They They have multiple issues on this defense, and it shows when you watch them. The other game I want to talk about is the Green Bay Packers and the Minnesota Vikings. Man, when was the last time we had a tie in the first two weeks of the season? When was the last time that we had two ties in one season? I think it's been four or five years. And in a division game like that, I mean, just like the Steelers and the Browns, you're tied in the division. That's going to make things interesting come later in the season with who's winning it and who's not. So those two teams, they're sitting at 1-0-1, so depending on how the season go, things are going to be interesting. But the fact that Aaron Rodgers and Kirk Cousins went toe-to-toe and they managed to come out without a win says a lot about the caliber of these teams. But I would do say this. Well, I do gotta say this though. There is an issue with one play called or with one penalty that was thrown with uh roughing the passer on Clay Matthews. I watched that play. Come on refs, what are you doing? That was not roughing the passer. I don't see how you can throw that flag there. As for the other games, Dallas and the Giants, they I managed to watch a little bit of that game. Both teams look not so great at times, but great at others. Dallas definitely they definitely outplayed the Giants, but the fact that they only came away with the win by 7 points says something. They this Giants offense, they look so bad. Their offensive line's bad. Dallas managed to pick up six sacks, and again, still only lo- only won by seven. Atlanta and Carolina, that was another divisional game that Atlanta managed to come away with the win by a touchdown. The Chargers really put it to the Bills. I saw a little bit of that game, and it wasn't as close as the score. It indicates of the 31-20. I mentioned that the Browns lost to the Saints by three. Jets managed to go to 2-0 and after they beat the New York Jets, 20-12. Tampa Bay, man, talk about another team that's proven me wrong. I had them being the worst team in the NFL, only winning two games, and right now they sit at 2-0. They put it to the Saints in the week one, and they just put it to the Philadelphia Eagles, the defending Super Bowl champions. So this offense, they have a lot of firepower. And Ryan Fitzpatrick, He's working his magic right now. This offense is really looking really good under Ryan Fitzpatrick's leadership. If they continue that when Jamie's Winston comes back, that'll be key to watch because if they don't, that's going to raise some questions there in Tampa Bay. Tennessee managed to win without their starting quarterback, Marcus Mariota, their starting tackles as well as their primary backup tackle who was just checked into the hospital with a virus. So, and they managed to come away with the win against Houston, 20-17. to 17. Indianapolis really put it to Washington, which was surprising. I really thought that Washington would walk away with the win in this one. I didn't think that it would be a cakewalk by any means. But I definitely was thinking that Washington would come away with a touchdown over the Colts, maybe even 10 points over the Colts. Arizona, now I thought Tampa Bay was going to be the worst team, but Arizona looks like the worst team. This offense is putrid. The defense has a lot of issues. They just lost 34 to nothing, got shut out against the Los Angeles Rams, who granted they look great, but you can't get shut out and you can't have your offense playing as poor as this Cardinals offense is. Last few games, San Francisco, they managed to beat the Lions 30 to 27. This was a game that I haven't seen much on, but I did see one little stat that the San Francisco running back was able to pick up almost seven over seven yards before – first contact whereas detroit was averaging under i think it was where the detroit lions running backs were averaging l- less than a yard like negative yards i think it was at negative 0.7 yards before contact you're not going to win when that with that you're just going to basically your defense is being ran all over when you're giving up seven yards before we contact like the lions were jacksonville managed to beat new england that's always great to see This Jacksonville team, they look legit. Their offense looks really good. They look like they have a lot of firepower and things are clicking. Obviously, you have to question how much you can trust Blake Bortles, but he played great today, and this offensive scheme works really well for him. And then, of course, the defense is just lights out. And then Cincinnati beat Baltimore pretty easily, which is one game that I can't wait to dig into because Baltimore Ravens are taking on the Denver Broncos next week. So definitely – I'll be breaking that down here in a little bit. And then Seattle and the Bears, one of those teams are going to come away with their first win tonight or tomorrow night on Monday Night Football. Now, I still have a lot to get to, but before I get to that, I want to holler at you guys about why you need to become a Mile High Huddle VIP subscriber. Now, our approach to covering the Broncos isn't just about reporting the news, though we do pride ourselves on being able to bring you breaking news as it's happening in real time. But what we really excel at is the in-depth breaking down the Broncos, whether it's all 22 film reviews, X's and O's, deep dive player evaluations, just whatever, during draft time, our scouting reports. We save the best and most in-depth of our content for our VIP subscribers, for our premium members. So to become a Eye Huddle VIP and get access to the one to all of our written analysis as well as our VIP insider forums, all you guys gotta do is I think it's at the top right. Just click on a green banner that that says become a member, and then you guys gotta choose monthly or annual, and then you're locked in. From there you have access to everything. And in those insider forums is where we put any kind of insider insider information that we get. Definitely there's a lot of stuff out there that comes out a little bit later than we have it. For example, when CJ Anderson, the whole thing with him this last March, VIP insiders at Milo Huddle had the information well before anybody else did accurate and, again, just before anybody else. So that's definitely one of the many reasons to become a VIP insider, VIP member. Not to mention the best film review stuff that the Nexus knows that you guys can get anywhere covering the Broncos specifically. All you guys got to do is just go pull that trigger. You guys have my word. You won't be disappointed. Now the Denver Broncos, they're getting ready to take on the Baltimore Ravens and to preview this game a little bit. There's some good news for the Denver Broncos. And this is that the Ravens, they do have some tight ends that can be cause for concern. These, their tight ends just aren't, Performing Nick Boyle, he's the guy that's listed at the top of their depth chart. Max Williams been a disappointment since he came into the NFL. Hayden Hurst is hurt. and Mark Andrews hasn't really had an impact felt. So Denver should be as long as they stay disciplined and they st- in their coverage and stay disciplined when it comes to play action, they should be fine there. They do will have to worry a little bit about how explosive this offense can be with Michael Crabtree, Willie Snead, and John Brown. And Joe Flacco's got a big arm, so they got to watch those deep balls. And the tackles that they have, this offensive line the Ravens have, is pretty solid line. So keep those guys covered. Watch the explosive plays. Let your pass rushers do the work because Denver should be able to come do a solid job here. It's going to be interesting to see, how, see because the matchup is basically the Ravens have the advantage against this defense. So Denver's got to really step up. They can't play like they did against the Raiders or even the Seahawks because the Ravens will continuously move the ball downfield and put points up on the board if they play like that. Again, every the pieces that the Ravens have, they fit perfectly into the holes that the Broncos defense struggles with outside of the tight end. Defensively, Denver's going to have to watch it as well. This, this is a Ravens front that's really good. Brendan Williams, Michael Pierce, Brent Urban, those are some stout guys up in the middle up in that middle of that defensive front. Terrell Suggs off the edge and Matthew Judon as well. Those are two guys that can cause a lot of problems in the passing game if you aren't, if you don't set the edge well enough as a as an offensive tackle. This again, this Broncos offensive line, they're going to have the work cut out for them. And then you have Case Keenum, who's going to have to stop steering down receivers because if you keep searing them down, Tony Jefferson and Eric Weddle, the safeties for the Ravens, they're going to make plays. They're going to pick off passes. Brandon Carr, Marlon and Humphrey, those guys are good corners as well. Basically, you want to run with three receiver sets pretty consistently and try to pick on Taven Young, who's the weak link of that of that group. And. CJ Mosley, he's one of the better tight, better linebackers, so if he manages to play, because I know he got banged up, I um, haven't seen about how serious his injury is, but if he plays, that's another piece that's going to have be concerning. This is not a good matchup for the Denver Broncos on either side of the ball. The Ravens match them strength for strength, and they even can are able to exploit some of the Broncos' weaknesses. Obviously, I'm going to have to dig into the game tape and see just how much, but it's on paper it's definitely looking like this is going to be a tough tough game for the denver broncos now before i finish this off by talking about some college prospects and after two games where it looks like denver needs to go i just want to remind you listeners to please give us a click and subscribe to us on itunes as well as stitcher and now we're on spotify as well don't forget to share us on facebook and twitter as we wouldn't be here today without you listeners so we all that we ask is take the time go to itunes speaker or spotify rate and subscribe, and let your voices be heard on how well you enjoy the show. Again, this would be so much appreciated as you guys are the ones who enable us to do something that we all love to do. So please, just help us spread the word around. Now, so far, the Denver Broncos have shown some very clear issues on both sides of the ball. Fortunately, this next year's draft class, projected draft class, because, of course, we're not sure how it's going to look come March. There's a lot of things that are come February there's a lot of things that can change between now and then with players getting hurt or players stepping up and coming out of nowhere but there's some strong areas of this draft class that really fits these Denver needs they really can use the cover linebacker Unfortunately, fortunately this year they look really strong this draft class looks really strong with them you've got Patty Fisher from Northwestern who's had a little bit of a rough spot starting the season Mac Wilson Devin White and then you have Joe Giles Harris from Duke Devin Bush Jr. from Michigan, who's a cover guy. So there's definitely guys out there that can fit with what Denver needs from their linebackers, and that's just sort of name. I mean, you have T.J. Edwards as well, if you look farther down potentially. Dakota Allen, he's a guy that teams like a lot as a cover guy. There's just a lot of good linebackers that Denver has, and that's going to be a spot that they definitely have to address. Brandon Marshall and Todd Davis, they're not cutting it. Josie Jewell he played a solid game but he's fighting really badly on play actions and you can't have that he's a young player so hopefully he's able to work it out Jared Vildier going to the offensive tackles in the offensive line he left the game with a concussion injuries have been a big concern with him going back for years but this year this offensive tackle class it looks it looks really strong Wisconsin they have a couple of them Michael Dieter and David Edwards You've got Dalton Risner from Kansas State, who might be a little bit better on the inside. Jonah Williams from Alabama. He's probably the best tackle right now in this class. Yanni Kajus from West Virginia. He's a guy that a lot of people like. Greg Little. list goes on and on. Bobby Evans. He's a guy that I know my colleague Nick Kendall really likes a lot. Again, it's a spot that provided these guys come out, and a lot of these guys are juniors, so they could still stick around for another year, or redshirt juniors. This offensive line class project offensive tackle class projects really well even the interior offensive line projects pretty well it looks pretty solid with and with good depth ross piercebacher from alabama he's a guy who's on there Bo Benswatt, ben schwale showell from wisconsin he's another one ben powers lester cotton garrett brumfeld you've got jake hansen chris lindstrom tyler Biads from wisconsin like so many names on this interior offensive line. This looks like one of the best offensive line classes projected right now. I mean, we are still in September, so there's a long way to go. That It looks like one of the strongest offensive line classes that there's been in a while. The weak spot that I think there is, is there's a weak spot at cornerback, and Denver could be looking there. Chris Harris, he's going to be another year older. Tremaine Brock, he's going to be gone after, most likely gone up this year. Adam Jones, he's going to be likely gone after this year. Bradley Roby, he's going to be a free agent. Not sure if Denver's going to resign him or not. It's not been the best of starts for Bradley Roby to the season. And the only clear cut corner that's a first round worthy pick is Greedy Williams. And after that, it's kind of, there's a lot of size deficiency with these guys. A lot of people's number two is a corner out of Florida state who I think is like five, nine. Another one is a guy from Michigan who I think is like five ten. You got a guy from Washington who's only like five seven or something like that really small corners undersized corners I mean they, there's still some guys with good size to them I know there is a guy from another guy from Washington who's like six foot six foot one and Byron Murphy you got a corner from Texas and Chris Boyd who I think is six foot or six foot foot one. There's Michael Jackson from Miami, who I think is like 6'2 and like 205 pounds or something like that. So there's definitely some size in here, but the size is probably going to go early and often because this just doesn't project to be a good class right now. Definitely need some of these guys to step up their game. And then, of course, wide receiver, even though Denver doesn't really need it, with Demarius Thomas, he's probably done in Denver after the season. He's had six drops already this in two games, so And Denver frees up a lot of money by parting ways with him. So maybe they do look at wide receiver, not early on, uh, early, obviously, with probably still having Emmanuel Sanders around with how he's playing, Corlin Sutton and Deshaun Hamilton. But they probably could look at bringing in another guy for that, for lower down on it. Maybe look at a guy like maybe Jalen Smith from Louisville, or Jawan Johnson from Penn State, another big body guy who can go up and contest catches, or maybe Stanley Morgan Jr., who's that middle kind of guy. He's not quite that small, speedy guy, but he's not that big body receiver either. He's only like six foot, two hundred pounds. So Denver definitely has different ways that they can go as they look to continue to solidify their wide receiver core going forward. Tight end right now, it's, tight ends have been disappointing. And this year's class, there looks to be some solid talent in it. It's not going to be a great class by any means. Not like the year with a couple years ago with O.J. Howard, David Njoku, and Evan Ingram, and Johnny Smith, and all these other guys. But there's a guy from Iowa, Noah Fant, who he's probably going to be a first tight end off the board, although he's been dealing with some drops. Dawson Knox from Mississippi. There's... Uh, tight end from UCLA, I think his name's Wilson, something Wilson. You have Caden Smith from Stanford who might come out. I know that there's a lot of people out there that like Herb Smith Jr. from Alabama or C.J. Conrad out of, I think, Kentucky. So there's definitely some guys out there that Denver could be looking at because right now, Jake Butt, I mean, he had some solid plays against, he had some really good plays against the Raiders, but we need to see consistency. Jeff Hireman, he's kind of been a no-show and Denver needs to find a guy who can be a receiver and a blocker because they don't they don't really have that Jeff Hireman's the best blocker on roster and even that's iffy at times so Denver definitely has areas that they need to go on work on now just before wrapping this up my MVP for the game jumping back to the game against the Raiders my MVP is probably going to be Philip Lindsay. When he came to the field, the offense was definitely sparked. And then my defensive MVP has got to be Dometa Pecco. He's had multiple big plays. He was so stout in the middle, and he seemed to be trying to fire up this Broncos defense when they really needed it. So two guys that a lot of people probably didn't think would come in and be so big for the Broncos win today and managed to be. And as for my score prediction of the Raiders, or my as for my score prediction of the Ravens and the Broncos, I think the Broncos are gonna lose this one, and I'm gonna say that they're gonna lose it by a score of thirty one to twenty seven. So I think that both defenses give up plays, the offensive score offenses score theirs, but Denver's defense just manages to give up that one play too many and end up losing this game. Hopefully I end up wrong and Denver's able to come away three and no on this season, but I'm not seeing it this time. So, again, I think that Ravens come away in Baltimore 31-27. to Now that I've given away my MVPs, I've gone my given my score prediction for the next game. I've even previewed the next game. All right, talked to some more about some draft prospects and where Denver's kind of could be looking at this year. That's actually going to wrap up this episode of Trickle Down Theories. Please leave a like and subscribe. Please follow me on Twitter at Eric Trickle. You can always reach me on there with any kind of question, and I'm always more than willing to respond. We love the I love the interaction with you all, the fans, listeners, and readers of my of not just my content, but all of the Mileye Huddle content. And without your support, we wouldn't be here where we are. So we thank you for that. Also, please follow up at Mileye Huddle for all of our written work from MileyeHuddle.com and at HuddleUpPod for all the podcasts. Also, keep an eye out because I do do periscopes pretty regularly. I do one before the game each week, although there is a game here pretty soon where I won't be doing any. I do one at halftime and I do one at post game. I also do a couple film breakdown sessions during the week. With finally getting access to all 22, I do all 22 film breakdown one time a week, and I do one just from a regular pod broadcast angle as well so definitely keep an eye out for that come hang out and just just get some insight onto some plays and some breakdowns of plays i had a great time once again for with you guys hopefully you guys enjoyed it i'm your host eric trickle thank you guys for listening to trickle down theories and please have a wonderful day You've been listening to Trickle Down Theories. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.